Hello, thanks for joining us. We're Diamond Realty Associates, and um, this is our podcast. It's been a minute, but our podcast is Real Estate Update, Did You Know? I'm Erin, and I'm here with... I'm Don. I'm Trace. And this is our good friend, Andy Larson of Larson Home Inspections. Um, we we know it, like I said, we know it's been a minute. It's been, I think February was the last time we did a podcast. Yes. It's been a busy summer. Uh, but we really wanted to go over, this is episode 34, extreme weather tips. We've had kind of a crazy summer in the Fargo-Moorhead area, a lot of rain, a lot of freak storms that came on really quick. So we want to bring value to you by discussing tips on how to prepare for the upcoming extreme we summer weather next year and what to look for after a storm rolls through. Our last podcast, we discussed the details of the flood diversion and what it means to our community. Check out episode 33, labeled Diversion Update, on our YouTube or our Facebook uh, group if you would like more information on that. This week, we're going to go over preparation and maintenance tips before summer, before and after summer storms. And we thought no one better than Andy Larson, because he's probably seen it all. <laughs> he's seen it all. And he's the like literally the first person we call if something's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I got this thing in my house. Of... Why is my ceiling leaking? <laughs> Andy, help. It could be a lot of different things. Well, and Andy couldn't be nicer. I told him I had some nail pops from this weird weather. And he's like, and I said, how am I supposed to get on a three level? He's like, oh, I could come do it for you. So, <laughs> so uh, clearly we've done something right by getting to know Andy. He's good to have. As a... But I don't do that for everybody. No. <laughs> Only diamond. That's the diamond. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but I live in uh, Brooks Harbor, Eaglewood area, and we saw a lot of fences that were ripped and shredded, especially that big storm that came around. What was that? Fourth of July? Yeah. Fourth of July? Yeah. yeah. Fergus had a lot of big trees torn down and they lost some things like that. Yeah. Those were some crazy winds. Dude, how high were those winds? 80? Did we see some 80? Yeah. I think it got up to 70, 80 in some places and that one week there, I think there was eight or nine inches of rain mm -hmm. within six or seven days. When people were like swimming in the streets <laughs> in my neighborhood. There's trampolines flying through backyards. Trampolines <laughs> skidding on a street like it was drag racing. Um, did anyone anyone have any damage? I know Don's um, husband has a drone, so I begged them to come over and check my shingles. And they were in good shape. I was really surprised I didn't have any Just some nails you need to have covered. Yeah. What about you? Have you been on your roof? Um, no, but I have lots of drone footage of my roof, so I can check that out. Um, but during that one storm, I have friends that are building in Brooks Harbor, and they had only an L-shaped frame of their house up when that storm hit, and it blew down, of course. But it's okay. They had no house. So they didn't have a, top, a house, and the basement, obviously, was there, but it filled up with water. So they had to obviously wait a little bit longer to get into their house. Uh, so I had to start from scratch. I had somebody Google uh, Fargo Realtor because I answer the phone and they go, hi, is this Fargo Realtor? And I was like, yes. And he goes, I Googled this. He goes, I need some help. We just had like that big storm. Um, and he goes, I need to know Minnesota's London laws for houses. And I was like, I, would, I don't understand. What do you need to explain? Um, he said, well, we came home to four feet of water. Wow. They didn't do an inspection. They never checked their sump pump. And he's like, what do I do? You have an indoor so pool now. Wow. Right. <laughs> you listen to this podcast and know what to do for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Check that sump pump. He yeah. said they never checked it or anything like that. It actually that. happened to one of my rentals in July. The sump pump failed on it because there's there actually tree roots in it. And 
hit pump failed and had like four inches of water on one of my rentals. It wasn't a finished basement, so that was it didn't cause really much damage, but it can happen. Right. There was just a hop. I inspected like a $700,000 house yesterday and the, the pump switch didn't work. So um, there's a, a float switch on some pumps that you want to check and that's not working. The pump's not going to work. And, and this one wasn't working on that house. And luckily it didn't cause any damage. But but if we had gotten a really big rain this weekend, they could have been. Trouble. Yeah, I could have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll um, like we talked about, no one could have predicted the storms and how quickly they came through. Um, so we want to go over some prep tips for next year since we're, you know, we're, we're leaving summer, sadly enough. We could still get another good rainstorm. Um, but really what to know for next year when, when spring starts heating up and um, things to look for after storms roll through to make sure that you're not having any ongoing issues. And Andy, what's your saying? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So that's what we're here for, to help you prevent any big issues. So some maintenance and preparation. Um, the biggest one that we just yell to people is downspouts and downspout <laughs> extensions. Please, I don't know how many houses I drive by and your downspouts are up. How much? And we've gotten how yeah. many inches of rain? That's going straight to your foundation. What does that do? It's uh, gutters are one of the most important systems on a house, and especially with with preventing water around a foundation. It's that's their primary use of a, a gutter system is to collect all the water and get it going away from the house. So, you know, clean out the gutters. It's good to have leaf systems on gutters to keep them clean, but clean them out once a year if you got trees and make sure those extensions are down and at least six feet, seven feet going away from the house and that you have good drainage going away from that downspout and from the house in general, just to get any surface water and any, any water. That's the first line of defense is, is gutters and drainage. So, because even poor foundations, they're not immune to settling issues if you're not taking right. proper care. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you don't have your downspout down, all that all that water collection from one side of the roof is dumping right in that corner of the house, and it, it can cause settling. It basically erodes the soil in that area. Um, and it, in our area, the clay expands when it gets wet or frozen, so it can it can push in foundations, and it's done that on, on thousands of houses in our area. Um, just from improper gutters and, and drainage around the house, you'll, you'll see foundations getting pushed in and needing steel braces, and that's all because of water management. And that's so, not a cheap fix. No. The foundation part is it. The foundation no, part. The downspouts right. are $5 every month. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's but cheap. the filter and sloping away from your house, I wish I had a professional doing that because I'm doing that right now in my yard. And that is that New is a pain. And, dirt. Yeah. And, it's, and that's just a maintenance thing you need to do on your house. My house is five, six years old, and it needs it. Yeah. Yeah, most, even new houses after a few years, um, the the compaction around the house will, will settle. So, you know, originally they'll have a good slope away from the house, and then that around the house will actually settle, and then it'll create a negative grade towards the house and drive all the water towards the foundation. So... Some places you need to add more, add, add more soil after a few years, and soil is yes. pretty much free. You can get you, you can get a you know truckload of, of topsoil for pretty cheap. So, or or yeah, or just add you know landscaping even helps. And to, yeah, we had somebody add what wood chips around yep. the house. Sure, so it's just still diffusing that water. Yeah. Helps, yeah. yeah. Um, sump pump. Someone in this room had a sump pump fail on their own home. Them. No. <laughs> so when's, what's a good tip or trick of how often you really should be checking your sump pump if you don't have a battery backup? I mean, all the time. Every, every, <laughs> really every get month, a battery backup. It's not a bad idea to do. 
Um, so like I was saying, every pump has a, a float switch generally, and you can go in there and press it up with your hand. Um, and once the water level gets to a certain point, the, the switch will turn the pump on. Um, or you can dump a bucket, a five-gallon bucket of water in there, and, and that helps clean. It's If your sump pump doesn't run very often, it's good to rinse it, rinse the pit out with water because just to clean it out and sediment and there'll be bugs and stuff in there and tree roots can get in your sump pit. So that can clog up a pump. Um, so rocks. rocks. That's what did That's what did Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Like there was a rock that, that got caught in the float system. Sure. And it didn't go off for a long time. And then it, and then it went all over the basement. <laughs> yeah, it, it all and Don fortunately had an unfinished basement, but a finished basement could be a tricky one. Absolutely. And well, it wasn't that much. It was just around the perimeter of the house and more so under my stairs. But it's which, still like hard to clean up. Yeah, not it's, fun. It's a big process. Well, yeah. and some pump battery backups, they're, they're not too expensive nowadays, no. and you can get some that alert your phone. So, like, we have one that just alarms. It's older, but, you know, that would be nice if you're gone and the sump pump tells you that your original one has failed. Mm -hmm. I have cameras in my basement now, so. <laughs> <laughs> and always, and, uh, of course, a good friend of ours at Best Day Ever Nutrition, Kay Sway, mentioned Kay this morning Sway. when we were talking about our podcast, that uh, you also need your sump pump um, coverage on your homeowner's insurance policy that's not automatic so talk to your insurance agent make sure you do have that coverage because if, if your sump pump's the cause of any water in your basement it's not covered it's not covered under homeowner insurance insurance you have to have your separate policy yeah and kind of like flood insurance only covers up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars value of your house so if you have if your house is more than that your homeowner's insurance will have to kick in something Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not that much of a no. difference. No. Yeah. It's just a... Well, we could ask Andy Duffy at Homeowners at Country Financial. <laughs> He'll tell us. Yeah, but he won't tell us on a podcast. <laughs> no, he's very shy. Insert Andy Duffy clip here. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Caseway, for that tip because a lot of homeowners don't know that and that could be a um, real headache mm -hmm. if they didn't have that extra coverage. Absolutely, and even get in the coverage if your basement is fully finished to make sure the coverage covers the contents that right. are in your basement. Because, uh, you know, let's say Dawn finished her basement next year, she's going to want to talk to her homeowner's insurance agent because right now it's being covered for an unfinished basement. Yep. Um, how about a generator, Andy? Yeah, it's not a bad idea to have a gener backup generator, um, especially if you're in rural areas. You know, um, high winds can take out power lines and you can be down for a couple of days and and once that happens, the generators sell very quickly at Home Depot and Menards. So uh, it's good to have one on hand. And um, you can, you know, not many houses are wired, so you can just plug in a generator. You have to have a, a transfer switch and different panel. But you can just hook up, you know, your key key devices, furnace and uh, refrigerator and things like that to, to directly to the generator. So good idea to, to have as a backup. And then you had mentioned before, like tree branches, a lot of people saw tree branches falling on homes. What's a good maintenance tip so that that doesn't become a big headache? Cut them before they can fall down. So if, if any any trees overhanging a roof is a good idea to trim back. They're, um, they, you know, if, if they're rubbing on the shingles, they'll start wearing them out. They can puncture holes in, in parts of the siding and, and the roof. And then actually, if you look on the roofs, trees can just drop debris and organic material and that builds up on the on the shingles and creates staining and stuff too. So it's just a good idea to keep them trimmed back and it's never a great thing to have 
um, trees, especially like maples and poplars and willows and things with really invasive roots close to a foundation anyway, where they can, you know, push on the foundation and, and get into cracks and, and plumbing pipes and things. So just some things to keep, keep an eye on. Well, in some older homes too, they have cast iron piping. Um, so what's some issues we can see with roots there that you should maintain? Right. So, um, if you, if you have tree roots in your, in your plumbing, you'll, you'll generally know it. It'll happen every year, every other year. Um, uh, in our, in our area, we use clay tiles basically for, for the septic from the house to the street. And they were sections with, um, gaps in them and tree roots, it, trees actually can like hear running water from, it's, it's kind of an astounding, it's like hundreds of meters. And that's terrifying. They can zoom in on that, uh, on the septic and on the sewer line and, and get the roots right into the, into the water supply there. And it's, it's a perfect, uh, perfect supply for them. So they'll get like in there. Stranger things type. <laughs> it's kind of freaky to think about. Yeah. You guys are all going to have dreams like that. <laughs> like these tree roots Roots coming into my bedroom. <laughs> I see I your toilet. You. <laughs> but they can crack the pipes. They can clog them. Um, you know, they can, they can cause a lot of damage. So um, they can collapse them. They can collapse Does them. Is it expensive to get those cleaned out? It's generally a rotor rooter will come out and about 150 bucks. Uh, they'll they'll spade out the, the line and clean them out. And you can buy different root poisons too. And I've had pretty good luck with those in the past. Um, just flush them through pour, the pour down the toilet or, or down the drain um, every year. Keep it you know twice a year, and that can actually kill the roots in the system and dissolve them basically. So that's a that's a good preventative measure. <laughs> Text on if you need something to know where something is about. It's generally only um, you know if you if you have cast iron drain then you, that's that's a concern for you. If you have PVC or ABS, typically tree roots won't get in those. They're they're glued fittings. So so these newer um, houses, newer houses after like really what year problem. did that change? Uh, 70s and 80s. Okay. Yeah, so so any home older than. Probably 1990, we're going to see. Right. Check. Okay. And that's something we can do too, because obviously in Fargo, it will have it in the specials for some houses from permits and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Oh, to, call to, to do the PVC piping, you mean? Yep. To switch it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. If, yeah. yeah. If there's. Because um, you'll see that. Right. Or it's, you know, it's $150 extra on your inspection to have someone come check it out with a camera so you can see exactly what's going on in there. And I think yep. that's to clean it as well. So right. it's really, it's worth the money if you're buying older home. Did you actually watch the camera ever? They really did. Cool. I watched the camera and I could smell <laughs> so, the root smell. I yeah, that was horrible. It back up. <laughs> but to actually watch the camera, it was kind of, kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Looks like a little mouse going through a little tube. Mm -hmm. um, so whirly birds, this is something I don't know a ton about, but we've learned some information about this this week. What's some good maintenance tips for whirly birds? Yeah. And, so and what are whirly birds? We need them. The whirly, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> to work. Very important. <laughs> Attic vents. So that whirly bird is actually the, the brand name, like like Kleenex or, or Band Aid, but it's it's turbine vents. So it's the vents that are spinning up on your on your roof, and they're <laughs> it's it's a catchy catchy term. Um, they're they're kind of the best uh, ventilation system because they actually pull. They create suction. They pull air through attic, and, and attic ventilation is very important. Um, and when they're spinning, they actually will divert rainwater and and kick it away from the vent. But if it's not spinning, then water can 
can get in the vent and snow can and bugs and rats and squirrels can, can get in that vent very easily if there's not a screen on the bottom of them. So you just want to make sure they're, they, they need to be level. So if you're, if you're looking at them, a lot of them are, are pitched at an angle and that's, that's wrong. They should be very level. There's bearings in there and those bearings will wear out. Um, and just make sure they're spinning and not make a bunch of noise. Um, so if they are making a lot of noise, does that mean it's going to fail? Probably. So I should go knock on my neighbor's door and let them know. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> really loud. Give them a yeah, card. I'd yep. probably replace it. Um, but we know that that wasn't a very expensive fix. It was like 75 bucks yeah. to get one put in. But what can it can void something, right? If they don't work. Didn't you? You were able to someone? Yep. Um, there is a shingle issue that she's having on a pre-existing house that the shingles are defective. Like there's a line of glue that the asphalt wasn't sticking to anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, um, um, they were talking, they're trying to get the manufacturer to cover it, but they think because the whirlybirds failed that it might be a moisture issue that caused the adhesive to give away and lose the granules from the shingles. So they're trying to get the so which, what whirlybird the chicken or the egg? replaced before the manufacturer right. goes up there because yeah. it shouldn't happen either way, but. But it could it lessen could. the life of your shingles. Could lessen the life of your shingles. Yeah, yeah. Attic ventilation is one of the biggest issues that I find in inspections, is, or the lack thereof. Um, we've we've learned a lot about ventilation in the last 100 years of home building, and um, even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we weren't really ventilating attics enough. You want your attic to be the same temperature as outside. It keeps keeps the shingles cool. It, it prolongs the life of the shingles, and it keeps heat and humidity out of the attic. So in, in the winter, if you have a hot and humid attic, it'll it'll condense on the cold roof sheathing and it can turn into frost. And then that frost can melt and, and turn into mold growth and, and stain and warp and deteriorate the, the plywood. So attic ventilation is very important. You know? And that helps with like the overall efficiency of the house too, right? right? Yeah, so it helps your cooling bills in the summer. And, um, so you want it the same temperature as outside? Yeah, right. It's in the summer. It's always going to be warmer in the attic, but um, so as close as you can. Why is it in some of the houses that were built in the fifties? It seems like when they vent the bathroom exhaust fans they into never, the attic. Why do they do that into the attic around here? I mean, is that just somebody being lazy? Yeah, it's, was it's, that a code back then? No, know. it's just kind of yeah, just cheaper to do it that way than to you know cut a cut a hole in the roof and install right. a damper and the duct should be insulated going up to that damper so it's just yeah it's just cheaper to do it that way but that can cause some problems too if it's especially if it's not by a, a roof vent you know can concentrate shower humidity in the one spot and then right that can cause mold growth too so well, and we could really do a whole other topic on things that Andy has found. <laughs> um, and we just Probably in our will, Andy. We'll bring you back. Long on really whirly birds. Right. <laughs> but, but Andy's seen a lot, and that really is important to know, like, what to look for or what, what to avoid and what to look for when you're looking for a house. So that's why it's so important for us as agents to have such a good relationship with our inspector because, one, we learn so much, but we're also um, giving that information to our buyers as we're looking at houses or sellers as we're preparing to sell. Well, and I couldn't tell you how many times I've sent a text to Andy going, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is that there? <laughs> and if you don't know what a whirlybird looks like, it looks like a chef's hat or a jiffy popcorn, <laughs> jiffy popcorn. popcorn thing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So if you have jiffy popcorn on your roof, it's, it's yeah, a, you're it's good. a turbine 
So um, repair items are also really important this summer so you don't have any issues over the winter because of some of the crazy weather we've had. So one thing after a storm or if you haven't yet, you need to get on your roof and check for any um, hail damage, any pop nails, um, any siding damage because that can cause water intrusion and water intrusion can cause issues. We don't recommend you climb on your ladder if you do not feel safe. Higher sanity. Yeah. Um, but nail pops, I mean, what do you do for that? That's a really easy fix, right, Andy? Yeah, so um, nails can pop out just because they weren't nailed deep enough, and heat, heat and humidity changes and temperature changes can actually push those, those nails out. So you, you just want to basically either remove them or nail them back down, and then um, talking about shingle, sh uh, loose shingle bottoms, you after, after installation, the shingles heat up and really stick down and adhere to each other. So you shouldn't be able to lift up the bottom of any shingles really in general. And if you can, that's just more chances for water to get under the shingles and for wind to lift them up and cause damage. So um, if you have some loose shingle bottoms, they make different uh, adhesives and roof cement to apply underneath the tabs and to, to glue them down good when it's warm out. Um, so and you said those nail pops too. It's really good to caulk them back down. Yep, it's a good idea to put roof cement or caulking over the top of them. So easy fix. You don't have to get a new roof just because of a couple nail yeah. pops. Right. But if you let it go, yeah, exactly. It can cause an issue. Mm -hmm. um, I think knowing a good handyman too. You know, quite a few people's fences did it again. That's her phone. Quite a well. Um, the last part of this will not be on video. Sorry, <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of people had fences that were wrecked. Um, is there anything you can do for those plastic fences? Any like fence reinforcement? I wasn't quite sure. Um, for heavy winds, you can. You know, they can do. They can add different supports by the posts and things. But it's it's kind of hard to do that after they're installed. Um, some of them just aren't installed very well and. Uh, they'll get moisture damage at the bottom of the posts and, and decay. But um, so that I saw a lot of that this summer. There's just old old fence posts that got rotten at the bottom and <laughs> broke off. So much water, with right. as much water as we had. Mm -hmm. We had we had two that we had to reinforce. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how did you reinforce those down? Just d digging out around them and putting more cement down. Right sure. Ours is a wood fence. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so windows. Couple things I saw on like a Brooks Harbor Facebook group was one 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 woman was really worried on that really torrential rainfall that there was water coming into her sill. So Andy, I know you've talked about like this like windows are designed at some point, but what is a concerning um, thing that you should watch for? Well, like yeah, anytime you get water inside, if your windows are closed and inside the actual panes or sash of the house, that's that's a problem. So there's there's little drains at the bottom of modern vinyl windows that you know water can collect in there and condensation can grip down and it's it's meant to drain off so keep you know you got to keep those clean if there's a lot of dirt and stuff then the, the water can back up and get under the sill and inside your house or you know in the framing so it's a good idea to keep those sills cleaned out at the bottom of your frame of the windows um, so the drains are draining but yeah anytime you see um water inside the house, I guess is a problem. And, and if, if you're looking on the windows on the outside and, and you see like brown staining underneath, that means water's in contact with wood and it's leaching tannins and stuff from the wood. So that's, that can kind of tell you it's a problem too. 
that you don't have secure windows. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Well, this has been great information. Oh, and then the last thing I had was um, just an unfinished basement. You know, it's probably good to look for like any damp insulation, any lease, because that's pretty easy to fix since you don't have a bunch of sheetrock and carpeting and such. Maybe um, just cracks too. Right, cracks under windows, you know, it can happen. So pull back that insulation after, you know, a good rain to make sure you don't have any moisture issues. Well, Andy, um, we always love talking with you. Like I said, you're our guy when it comes to home <laughs> inspection. So you were, you were the main person we thought of for this podcast. Um, Andy, why don't you tell people a little bit about your business and, you know, kind of average cost if they did want an inspection? Yeah, so um, Larson Home Inspection, I'm based out of Moorhead and the Fargo-Moorhead area. I do within a hundred some miles of, of the Fargo-Moorhead area. Um, generally, it costs is 300 325 and I'll do radon testing and water testing. Um, those are extra. Yep, extra, extra uh, costs for those items. I, I'm very thorough. I take a long time to do an inspection, but not too long. <laughs> and... Uh, have a report with full pictures, so um, uh, I'm the best in town. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I, we didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Obviously. So humble. So humble. Very I'm modest individual. I'm the best. Excuse me. Well, I mean, it is important when you're buying or, you know, selling to get an inspection. And, you know, I mean, you guys can test for that. Why do you think that is? I mean, one, we want to be proactive, but two, a lot of times we have first-time home buyers who are nervous about getting into a home, and this is a real peace of mind time. Um, and I also tell my new buyers, like, everything in Andy's report doesn't mean it has to be fixed before you move in, but take that as, like, a project or to-do list and just go through just to keep up that maintenance of your home because there are a lot of things you don't realize, like the nail thing. You don't think of that as a first-time home buyer, that that might cause issues down the road. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just a good run through too for people to show them how to maintain things and how different systems work and mm -hmm. um, you know how to how to maintain your house too. So and for sellers, we as a team provide these pre-listing inspections because a lot of times sellers want to be proactive. We want to know what to expect when a buyer's walking through the house um, and just kind of negate any issues that might come up that might prevent us from closing. Well, and, and just an example, Andy and I did a pre-listing inspection for um, a friend of my family, and we found out his basement had been, you know, settled just a little bit, about an inch. Well, he got the basement guy out there, got it figured out it wasn't an issue. But imagine if he had found that during the inspection period when he had like four days to figure out what he was going to do for it. So mm -hmm. it helped him get stressed about it before he listed his house, figure out what to do, have time to figure out what to do instead of during the buyer's process when, when he would have been stressed trying to get an answer to the and buyer. And buyers are stressed. And buyers see that and that could scare out. them yeah. instead of him having something from a basement company that said, nope, this is not a big deal. So, so it puts the power in the seller's hands to absolutely. fix things as you choose to or by yourself or hire your or your friend contractor, but when he's, when it's in crunch time at closing, things can get pretty stressful if there's a, a laundry list of things that are the buyer's trying to negotiate. So Right. And it also gives that seller, I mean, the option to price it right oh, and sure. price it without the repairs or price it as as is. Or if they're trying to do is. repairs anyway, let's get it on the inspection report so they know everything that you fixed. Yep. Well, we know this podcast a little bit longer, but it was so much in good information, and we were due. I mean, we, we were yeah, due. So we were probably we had to catch up. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we did Tasty Tuesday a couple weeks ago. We didn't announce the winner, but we're going to announce again. Can you come get your dang gift card? 
I know where you work, Jamie Pinsky, so you should come get your Blarney Stone. We're going to eat it. Or we're going to go back there and I'm just going to have a drink on you. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. How's that? Yep, so we're here at Berkshire Hathaway. Diamond Realty Associates is a team of four agents with one fabulous team coordinator who keeps us figured out. You'll see her in the background <laughs> of the YouTube video. Um, and we really focus on that client's customer service. Andy Larson is part of that just because we trust him so much with our clients. We trust him with their own homes. Um, and being able to offer those free pre-listing inspections to our sellers um, is really important to us. So for more information on us, um, go to buysellfmhomes.com. That's our website. You can always find us at Diamond Realty Associates on Facebook. That's where we'll post things like this and little home tidbits and just how the market's doing. Let, you know, contact us to see how the market's doing. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for buyers and booze coming up in October. October. It's going to so. be a good time. And you know what? As always, find us at our hashtag, StayClassyFM. Bye. Bye. Thanks. I'm gonna send a song. Dance party. Dance, dance, dance.